0: Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. We're going to continue our series looking at money together um, that we've been doing over the last few weeks by looking at smart money. And uh, I'm going to read two passages. Um, today, um, from two Corinthians chapter eight, and then John three 6, uh, from John chapter three, and then we're going to jump around the Bible and look at whole sort of passages as well. So you might want to have your Bibles with me or with you if as we look at um, God's Word together this morning. But let's listen to God's Word. Um, but before we do that, I'm going to pray, and then we'll read together. Father God, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for the way in which it sh- it speaks to us today. It reveals who you are. It gives us guidance in how to live our lives. And Lord, as we come to look at this topic of money together and as we continue the conversation that we've been on through the last few weeks, we pray that you would lead us and that you would guide us as you speak through your word this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so if you've got your Bibles and you'd like to turn with me, alternatively, the words will appear on the screen. We're going to start today from 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And we're going to read from verses 10 to 15, where the Apostle Paul says this. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means." For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is that not the others uh, might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in your turn, their plenty Will supply what you need. The goal is equality. It is written, "The one who has who gathered much did not have much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little." And then we're going to read those well-known verses from John three verses sixteen and seventeen that say this: "For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son." that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Over the last few weeks, we've been working through this series called The Cost of Living. Not only are we in a cost of living crisis, but the fact is that In order to live, we all need money. There is a cost to live our lives. We have made the decision as a church to consider this topic of money, not only because we are dealing with the challenges of facing this ongoing cost of living crisis, but also that we recognize that Jesus and the Bible have an awful lot to say about money. So throughout this series, we're going to be looking at how we can use our money well, how we can honor God and trust God with our finances in the whole of our lives and particularly in this current moment of a cost of living crisis. So this series has been building up week by week, so if you haven't listened to the previous two messages that we've been looking at um, in this series, I'd highly encourage you to go back and to look over them and catch up with them. Uh, You can do so on the website, on YouTube, on the podcast, there's plenty of spaces where you can find them. Um, But we have already looked at the power of money in the first of these messages, that it's one thing to have our heads in our money, but we should never let money control what is on our hearts. Last week, we looked at the blessing of scarcity. Who here wants less money? There's not a shooting up of hands this morning, but if you remember, last week we were reminded that it's in the blessing of scarcity where we often see Jesus most clearly. And that no matter how poor or broke we might be, none of us can ever be truly poor because we are all rich in Christ. And today we're going to be talking about smart money. We want to be people who don't have money in control of our hearts, but that doesn't mean to say we can't be smart with our money. We We can have money on our minds. We can seek to be wise with the money that God has blessed us with. Being wise means learning how to manage our money well so that we can be smart with it. Um, As Will Smith, the American actor, said you know, the one who uh, recently got into controversy in the Oscars, Um, this is a bit more wisdom than what he did on that occasion. He said this Too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. To use our churchy language, we need to be wise stewards of the money that God has given us. We need to be smart with our money. So today we're going to look at some smart principles of how we can manage our money well. But before we do this, a disclaimer, and that is that I am not a financial expert, I used to be an accountant, so I understand money a little bit, um, but I am by no means an expert. But what I am is a preacher, and it might surprise you that within the Bible, there are some great tips for managing your money. I would even go as far to say that Jesus was the greatest financial advisor the world has ever seen. It's just that his advice was a little contradictory to what we might consider as wise advice often in our world today. It might be a little different from what you expect, but I assure you, Jesus knows what he was talking about when it comes to this area of money. And so how can we be smart with our money? Well, the first way I think we can be smart with our money is to keep a budget, Dave Ramsey, who's the equivalent of, of, of Britain's, um, or the American version of Britain's Martin Lewis, the money-saving expert, he's, he's also a Christian, and he says this, a budget is telling money where to go rather than wondering where it all went. Um, has anyone been there, got to the end of the month, and wondered where all your money's gone? Uh, maybe a budget is for you. Joe Biden, the US president, before he was president, said this, don't tell me what you value. Instead, show me your budget and then I'll tell you what you value. A budget is essential to not only keep control of our money and to know where it's going, but a budget also enables us to make sure that we use our money to value the things that we value. If someone were to look at your bank statements this month, And to see where you're spending all your money, what would they see it is that you value? It's a question for you to take away. Look over your bank statements this week uh, and wonder, what do these show me about what I truly value? To be smart with our money, we need to control our money. And to control our money, we need to have a budget. And you might say, Matt, that sounds fantastic. I've heard loads of people talking about budgets, but is it biblical? And the answer is yes. Not only is budgeting biblical, but the Bible tells us about how we can budget well. Proverbs 13 tells us that all who are prudent act with knowledge, but fools expose their folly. Budget is about expanding our knowledge, it's developing a plan, it's about wisdom. But how do you budget well? Well, if you've never done a budget before, it's really simple. And there are lots of people far more equipped than me who can help you in budgeting. Um, And if you would like help with a budgeting, I can put you in touch with someone who I spoke to this week who's looking to help people in Cambridge with their budgets. So come and speak to me afterwards if that's you. But ultimately, a budget looks at how much money you've got coming into your life, Much money is going out of your life. But the Bible tells us some really helpful things to consider when we're evaluating what our plans are for our money. So, firstly, Jesus tells us that when we budget, we need to listen to those words of Will Smith. Who would have thought that Will Smith and Jesus were on the same page as one another? Uh, But they're not a million miles apart. Jesus recognises the importance of making sure that we have enough money to pay for all that we want. Uh, Listen to this in Luke 14. He says to his disciples, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost and see if you have enough money to complete it? This is Jesus talking about budgeting, about being wise with our money and supporting this cultural thing of being wise with the resources that we have. Rachel and I usually do a budget once a year or when we've got a change of circumstances in our lives. And the first thing that we do when we sit down to do our budget is we have a huge list of all the things that we need to spend money on. Uh, We list out all the bills that we're going to pay over the next year, how much money we're going to give to the church and to the other charities that we support, how much we're going to spend on food, how much we're going to spend on haircuts and days out and on average random bits that we find on Amazon from time to time that is terrible impulse buys. We, We try and get a budget for what we're going to spend our money on for that year. And then having listed all our expenses and worked out how much money we're going to need to do all that, we then look at our income. How much money do we need to cover all those costs? How much money is, uh, are we going to get coming into our lives? Now, there have been times in our life where the amount of money we want to spend is greater than the amount of money we've got coming in. And so when that happens, you have two options. Either you can try and get more money to come in, get a, more work some more hours or whatever it might be, get a higher paid job or whatever it might be, or you need to try and cut down your expenses. Maybe just go out once a week rather than seven times a week or whatever it is that you might do. Where can you save some money? We need to be really cautious, though, about spending more money than we have coming in. Effectively, if you're spending more money than you have coming in, you're talking about debt. And debt is really powerful, and it's really dangerous. And if you are setting a budget, Jesus would commend you to make sure that you have more money coming into your life than you have going out of your life. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Budgeting is all about living within our means, there are four other biblical principles that can help us to be smart with our money and with our budgets that help us to honor God with our finances. And the first of these is about reviewing our expenses, distinguishing between what we really need and what we want. I could take, give you a whole great big huge list of things that I want, but if I tell you about what we, I really truly need that list is significantly shorter than I would than, uh, than the things that I want. Jesus said this, If you, then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask for him? God will give you what you need. In fact, God goes further. He said he will give you good gifts. He will give you more than you need. He will give us good gifts, but not everything that we want will be good for us. It's smart to distinguish between what is essential for us and what would be a nice thing to have, between what is good for us and what is not. We should also have a, a, a budget, in our budget, a space for saving. We should be intentional about saving. Proverbs, uh, the book of wisdom tells us this, the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. It is smart to intentionally save and set money aside on a regular basis. A helpful guide to this might be to live, that I've heard said numerous times, is to live on 80% of your income. However much money you've got coming in, live on 80% of it. And then doing this will allow you to save 10% of that income for a rainy day or for whenever you need it. And then that final 10% leads us onto the next point, which is that we should budget to give and to be generous. And that's what that final 10% can be used for. We're going to talk about this a lot more together next week, but the Apostle Paul encourages the church to be generous with their finances. He wrote to the church uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 this, saying, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but for God loves a cheerful giver. Notice that phrase in that passage, that you should give what you have decided this was a deliberate decision it was part of their budget it was the one of the first expenses that we put into our budget as a family uh, when we're going through our list of expenses and how much money we're going to give away is not how much money we're going to spend on ourselves but how much money we're going to give away and bless to the other to the various organizations and charities that we support Paul wants us to be deliberately generous with all that God has blessed us with. As we heard Paul say in our first reading this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. Our budgets show what we value. And if we are to value generosity, we need to make sure that it's in our budgets to give generously according to our means. For some of us here today, our expenses will be higher than our income. Um, they'll be t- or they might even be tighter than we want them to be, and over the next few months, our expenses are likely to only rise further and further, and our incomes are staying around the same, or if not, decreasing. This is the cost of living crisis, and I don't have any easy solutions for those of us who ourselves in that situation today. Some of us will have to make difficult choices, Some of us will have to change our lifestyles in order to live within our means. Sadly, I cannot offer any easy fixes. These choices are going to be tough choices, and they're ones that we're all going to face. However, ultimately, my prayer for us, whether we have money or we don't, is that our finances would not define our contentment as we live our lives. But as the Apostle Paul says in uh, Philippians chapter 4, that we might be content whatever the circumstances that we face in our lives. If we are to be smart with our money, then the first smart thing we can do is to keep a budget. But also being smart means searching out wisdom. The Bible puts it this way in Proverbs chapter 12 and 15. First of all, in chapter 12, it says this, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. And then Proverbs 15 says this, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. It is wise, it is smart to get good advice and to talk about money. If you want to make the most of your money, speak to people about how you can best manage your money. Some of us here today might be blessed with naturally financially savvy minds. Others might just fall asleep at the first sign of, mari- or of, a sign of marriage, no, that's not a good thing. First sign of money, um, just checking you're awake this morning. And if you are still awake uh, after me talking about money for this long, then well done for you. Um, some of us just find money difficult and frustrating to manage. But we can all learn from other people. Regardless of how financially competent you feel, if we don't seek the wisdom of others, our plans are all going to fail. As Proverbs tells us, with many advisors, we can be confident that they will succeed. It is wise to advice there are loads of people that we can get good solid wise advice from for example you might want to go and read one of dave ramsey's books the christian finance expert um, and see some of his tips about managing money well and learn from his what he has written down you might want to go onto the Money Saving Expert website and read about various different areas of your finances and what tips he's given you about how you can manage your money well. If you're in debt or if you're struggling with this uh, idea of budgeting and managing your finances, I highly recommend speaking to Christians Against Poverty. They have a proven, highly recommended track record of helping people with their finances. Those with a bit more disposable income might want to go and speak to a financial advisor to get, work out how they can best use the resources that God has blessed them with. Whatever it is, the principle is the same. It is wise to get advice on managing our money. The one caveat is just make sure the people you are speaking to are appropriately qualified to offer you the advice that you need. Don't just walk down the street and say, hey, got £100, what shall I do with it? Um, You might get some good advice, you might not. If you go to someone who's wise, who's got the appropriate skills, then you will be in a much better solution to make your decision of what to do with God, with that which God has blessed you with. And then finally, if we are to be smart with our money, we need to put God first with our money. Now, there are three reasons today why I think it's really important that we put God first in our money and why it's smart to do so. Firstly, because where God deserves to be. As, we, as God revealed when he gave the, his people his 10 commandments, the very first of those commandments was you shall have no other God but me. I want to be first in your life. There should be nothing but before God in our lives. And if this is true of our lives, it also needs to be true of our finances. It should be true of our budgets. There should be nothing before God in our finances. Secondly, it's smart to to put God first because we can trust him. Proverbs chapter three tells us this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. If you trust in God, he will make your paths straight. If we trust God with our finances, if we put our trust in him, if we put him first, then he will make our paths straight. The best way to financial security is not to get more money, but it's to put more trust in Jesus. For when we submit our ways to him, then he will take care of the rest. And finally, it is smart to put God first in our finances because it's an act of worship. Earlier, we read those well-known words from John 3, 16, and you might be sitting there scratching your head saying, Matt, I really don't see how you're going to get to talk about money from God so loved the world that He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life. But that's exactly the point. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal eternal life god loves you so much that he was willing to put you first above anything else he chose you it was costly for him it involves sacrifice for him but he still chose you Understanding this truth is pivotal not only to being smart with how we manage our finances, but it's pivotal to being smart with the entirety of our lives. Jesus put you first. He was willing to lay down his life for you. And so how will you respond? How precious is the love that Jesus has shown to you? And how is that preciousness showing in how you live? Your life. If Jesus has shown his love for you, if he's that precious to you that he was willing to lay down his life for you, how is that then shown and reflected in the way in which you manage your money? As Joe Biden says, the one, sh- don't tell me what you value. Show me your budget, show me your money, and that will reveal to me what you truly value. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life. As he put us first, may we also put him first, not only in our finances, but in every area of our lives, because that is the smart thing to do. Let's pray together. Father God, we praise you, we thank you, we are humbled and we are lost for words at the fact that you put us first for the love that you have shown for us. And Lord, we pray that we would respond to your love by being smart throughout our lives and particularly as we think about this, past, or this topic of money. That we would also be smart with our money too. Lord, would you help us to be good, wise stewards of the money that you have blessed us with and to set a budget? Help us to be wise in speaking to people about money. Help us to use these practical tips that your your word reveals to us about how we can use your money, uh, the money you have given to us well. Lord, we conscious that in this moment, there are those here who are really struggling with money. We're conscious of the pressure that many of us might be facing. And Lord, we pray for them and we pray for your wisdom and for your provision in all that they are facing. But above all, Lord, whether we've got little money or whether we've got a plethora of money, Lord, we pray that we would continue to put you first in our lives and in our finances that we might honour you with our money and with our lives, that we might put our trust in you, knowing that as we do so, you will never let us down. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.